What a beautiful congregation. Thank you so much for spending Christmas Day with us here at Eastwind. I turn your attention to the book of Acts chapter 2, and we begin reading in verse 22. Acts chapter 2 and verse 22. You men of Israel, of course we know this is uh, the apostle Peter that is preaching to the crowd that has gathered there around the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He says, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. I'd like to speak this morning on this subject, reasons to rejoice. Reasons to rejoice. How many of you know we have many reasons that we can rejoice today? God has been good to us. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. I want to say how happy I am to see uh, Jonathan and Amy and their beautiful family. Wonderful group that I met a few weeks ago. And we're so delighted that they are here with us this morning. The word rejoice is found 156 times in Scripture. We are instructed to rejoice in everything from the fact that your names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life to the fact that God is going to avenge your enemies. In the Gospels, they rejoice over the announcement of the birth of Christ and brought gifts. And in Revelation, they rejoice that the two prophets were slain and they gave gifts to each other until Jesus raised them up and the gift giving stopped. I'm familiar with giving gifts and rejoicing at the birth of a child, but it seems unusual to give gifts and rejoice at a funeral. But it begs the question, what is the basis for rejoicing? What is the basis for our joy and why should we rejoice on this Christmas day in the 21st century especially as we look around and we see so many troubling things that are a part of our climate and our culture well to understand that I believe we have to go back before we can go forward with the hope and the joy that God has for each and every one of us we have to go back so that we can go forward with clarity on July 4th 1776 the Declaration of Independence of the United States of America was adopted by the Second Continental Congress. The second section states, and I quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unalienable defined means incapable of being alienated. That is sold, separated, 
or transferred. You cannot surrender, sell, or transfer unalienable rights or unalienable gifts. They are a gift from the Creator to the individual and cannot under any circumstance be surrendered or taken. And all of us, all individuals, have unalienable rights. These unalienable rights may be guaranteed by our Constitution and recognized by other democracies, but they are given by our Creator. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are the things that our Constitution says are unalienable rights. But I believe today, as we look at it in the context of Scripture, that they can all be summed up in one word. Hope. Hope is a gift that is given by God. Hope is an unalienable right that is given by our Creator. Don't let anything take your hope. Don't let anything steal your hope. As long as there is life, there is hope. You've got to get up every day and believe today is going to be better than yesterday. The enemy would like to steal your hope and to convince you it's not ever going to get better. Things are just going to get worse. But I've come today with good news on this Christmas day. There is hope. There is a Savior. There is a child that is born and his name is Jesus. But let's break this down for just a moment this morning. First of all, life. Life is hope. New life is hope. As long as you're alive, there's hope. Give the gift of hope. Believe in hope. Unto us a child is born. That was life. There's something special about a child being born. Every time you go to the hospital, it always seems like a sad place. People are hurting. People are getting bad news. People are nervous about upcoming surgeries. There's fear. There's trepidation. But not in the new birth suites. There's joy in that wing. There's hope. There's excitement. A child was born in the middle of war and strife when this young nation wobbled to its feet with the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And when the message of the child being born was given to the wise men of the East through the star, they came because it was the hope of the world. When the shepherds were in the fields, they were given a message that was based in hope. These shepherds were in the shepherd's field, a designated place by the Temple Mount area that was reserved for Levitical shepherds who raised sheep for the sacrifices at the temple. Those sheep could not have any marks. They couldn't have any scrapes or blemishes. So when these lambs were born, they would wrap them or swaddle them in blankets to protect them. So the angel announced to these very specific shepherds, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They were familiar with that process. But they recognized that this was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world for the purposes of taking away the sins of the world. It was good news. It was an unalienable right that was given to all humanity that there is life, that there is hope, that there is a Savior. You talk about hope, you talk about joy. 
I can see those shepherds running down out of the hills around the shepherd's field headed to Jerusalem. A child is born. A Savior is born. The hope and joy that is given as a part of a new child being born is not confined to just the manger in Bethlehem. When the angel announced the birth of the child, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The message of Christmas today, ladies and gentlemen, is that the giver becomes the gift. The giver becomes the gift. You cannot take the gift without taking the giver. Because the giver is the gift. For God so loved the world that He gave. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The gift is a person. And the gift is a gift that keeps on giving. Even in the worst of times. And usually in the worst of times. When everything has fallen apart around you. A child is born. Life brings hope. When you're hit with the biggest crisis you've ever faced, a child is born. A gift is given. God shows up. God does not need a favorable environment to show His mighty hand of power. God does not need all the stars aligned to bring the miracle of a new life into your existence. Genesis 1 and verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the deep. When God spoke and said, let there be light. Sometimes we think that we cannot rejoice because of the environment that we are in. Because of the circumstances that we are facing. But I rise today to proclaim to you that we have reasons, multiple reasons to rejoice. And I won't be able to touch on all of them in the next few minutes that I have with you today. But suffice it to say that we have reasons to rejoice. And it's not confined to our atmosphere. It's not confined to our environment. It's not confined to the status of the world around us. We have reasons to rejoice because unto us a child is born. And for every man or woman, every boy or girl that chooses to serve God and to follow His Word, there is hope that tomorrow is going to be better, that next week is going to be brighter, that God is on the throne. And if God be for us, who can be against us? 1807 was a bad year for Americans. The new republic was tottering on infant legs. Shots were being fired between the Americans and the British. As a prelude to another war, economically, there was depression with prices soaring out of reach. But that bad year was a year that some gifts were given in the form of new life. Nancy of Kentucky entered the valley of the shadow of death to bring a son, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, into the world. Wadsworth, America's great poet, was born that year, as was Cyrus McCormick, our noted inventor. It really wasn't a bad year when you look at the babies that were given to us that year. 1864 was an even worse year for America. Sherman was looting and burning American cities. Grant and Lee, old comrades in arms, were matching cruel weapons in Virginia. But Mary had her baby anyhow in Diamond Grove, Missouri. That kind of a world needed a George Washington Carver. We were at war with Mexico when little Thomas Edison was born and at war again when Edith gave birth to Charles in 1898 that when our battleship Maine blew up and the Spanish-American War with it. 
But it was a good year for the birth of someone who one day would heal others and found the Mayo Clinic of Rochester, Minnesota. It's hard to tell what is a bad year because in the worst of times, I said in the worst of times, the greatest gifts from God are given. You can look around, you can say it's been a bad year, but I choose to say it's been a great year because God is on the throne. Because God is the giver of unalienable gifts. And he's giving gifts to you and I. And he continues to do so today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Perhaps none greater than when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Time when Palestine was seething with political revolution, discontent, warfare, and crucifixions. A child is born. Let there be life. Let there be order. Let there be purpose. We all face times in our life, and you may be facing it right now, when things are chaotic and stressful. You may feel burned out and void of any feeling or meaning, but I have come with some good news. A child is born, a new start, a new hope, a new promise. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10 and verse 10. I am come that they might have life, that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. Oh, my friend, life is more than just having a pulse and breathing air. Life is about hope. Life is about liberty. Life is about joy. Life is about understanding that God is the one that directs my steps. His word illuminates my path. Life is a gift. Liberty is a gift. Perhaps nothing encapsulated the birth and ministry of Jesus more than that simple word, liberty. Healing was liberty for the body. Liberty from sickness. Even salvation is based upon liberty. Liberty from sin. Liberty from death. There's never been a liberator like Jesus. That's why we rejoice. I said, that's why we rejoice. Their rights, their gifts that cannot be alienated or separated from the human condition. Jesus' ministry was about empowerment. In a time when people felt powerless, Jesus empowered. He set the captive free. He not only did that in his death, he did that in his life. He did that in his teaching. Minds were set free from the captivity of fear. Lives were set free from the bondage of debt. Bodies were set free from the captivity of pain. Jesus was the great emancipator. That's why we rejoice. I said, that's why we rejoice. You don't have to live in bondage anymore. You don't have to live under the weight of sin anymore. There is a God, hallelujah, that did more than bring life in Bethlehem. He brought life when he gave you a new way of walking and a new way of talking and a new way of thinking. Woo, hallelujah. Till this child was born in Bethlehem, man had been held captive by sin. The law could not deliver them. It simply pushed it forward. Only one could break the back of that tyrant called sin. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 5, and I quote verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith 
into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. What do we rejoice? We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Now, how do you glory in tribulations, Paul? Here's why. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Here's how we glory in tribulations. We glory because we recognize that tribulations is simply a process. Tribulation worketh patience. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. There we are, back to hope again. It doesn't matter what you put a Christian through. They're going to rejoice. You know why? We know it's just a process that's going to end up in hope. That's why Paul said, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. It doesn't matter what you do. There's still the hope that one day Jesus is coming again. Woo! And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. We shall be saved by his life. Oh, my friend, it doesn't matter how bad this world gets. It doesn't matter how confusing this world gets. If you keep your mind and your heart stayed on the principles of the Word of God, you're going to find reasons to rejoice. You're going to find hope in every day. You're going to find the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And then finally, he concludes in verse 11, And not only so, but we also joy in God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We joy in God. Joy to the world is the fact that we are able to pursue this happiness, to pursue this freedom. We're given the gift of pursuit by our Creator. Through Jesus, we can pursue peace. We can pursue happiness. We can pursue joy. The Bible records the words of Jesus in Luke 15, verse 7. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. The same heavenly host that rejoiced over the child being born in Bethlehem rejoices over one Sinner that repents. Why is that? Because every time you come to the Lord and you give your heart to God, He fills you with the Holy Ghost and a new child is born. It, It is described by Jesus as He witnessed to Nicodemus as being born again. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. 
That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. What happens when you're born again? You're given unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When you ask the Lord to come into your heart and He fills you with that Holy Spirit, it is a new birth. You don't have to be holy for this new birth to take place. You don't have to be in a good place for this new birth to take place. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row in the midst of darkness, in the middle of an unexplained emptiness. A child is born. A soul is saved. Somebody gives their heart to God. I remember years ago I was preaching a revival in San Diego and a man came down the center aisle pulling things out of his pocket as he was coming to the altar. He was pulling out cigarettes and lighters and drugs and paraphernalia and pipes and stuff I couldn't even recognize. It was just littered like a garage sale all the way down the center aisle. He just was unloading stuff and tossing stuff out of his pockets and coming in every direction as he came down. And he came down to the altar and he lifted up his hands and said, I'm ready to be free from all that stuff. That day God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Now he's given the gift to be able to pursue joy. Life and liberty. You don't have to live in bondage to all of that stuff. You don't have to live in bondage to every impulse of the flesh, every addiction of this world. You can be free in the name of Jesus Christ because the great giver of all gifts, the Father of all lights, has given you the gift of life. Preaching to Mobile, Alabama, a number of years ago, a man was healed of AIDS. And literally in front of us, his skin came back clean again. And he began to run the aisles around that church in Mobile, Alabama as he was shouting, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm free, I'm free. Pursuing joy. What a gift, what a gift. We've got a reason to rejoice today. As Peter is preaching in the text that we read to you, trying to explain what's happened to, the, to them, he was trying to explain to the crowd what had happened to the 120 people that had gathered in this upper room. He says, as he tries to explain to them, therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. You've made known unto me, not just in existence, not just marking a calendar, not just marking time or years. You've made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. He began to explain to them what it was to have these gifts given to them. The Bible says in verse 37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? We want to receive these gifts. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift. Everybody say the gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my friend, the gift of Bethlehem is the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that gives you freedom. It's the Holy Ghost that gives you liberty. It's the Holy Ghost that gives you new life. 
It's the resurrected spirit of Jesus Christ. That's why all over the world, millions of people are being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It matters not what religion you are, what denomination you are. If you love God, if you love His Word, He's got a gift for you today. Hallelujah. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all of them that are afar off, even as many... As the Lord our God shall call. Would you stand to your feet? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Would you lift your hands and your voice now all over this building? Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. What a great God you are, oh Lord. the gifts that will be given today kindness, unselfishness, sacrifice gifts that we give to our family, the gifts that we give to friends of all the gifts that will be exchanged there's none greater than the gift of his spirit that the God of glory would give us the gift of life and liberty would give us the gift of joy and happiness unalienable gifts, rights. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. You got a reason to rejoice today. I said you got a reason to rejoice today. Our musicians and our singers are going to play and sing, but I want to invite you to step out of where you're standing. If you're ready to receive some gifts, from the great giver of life. Why don't you just step out of where you're standing right now and just come down the aisle, make your way down to this altar. When you come down to this altar, just say, Lord, here I am. I'm not a perfect individual. I'm coming with my mistakes, my faults. Here I am, Lord. Just come and say, I love you, Lord. I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Come on, you can give us a gift of praise.
person you're standing next to right now. Why don't we pray for one another? The Bible says, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. But it says where two or three agree together, they can ask anything in my name and it shall be done. Come on, why don't you take a hold of somebody you're standing next to right now? Come on, why don't you agree together right now? We will rejoice. We will rejoice. We rejoice, Lord, in your presence. We commit ourselves, Lord, to rejoice in your house. We offer up the gift of praise and thanksgiving today. We thank you for the new life that you have given us. Come on, we agree together that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Not height, not depth, nor any other creature shall be able. We will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Let everything that hath breath give praise unto you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you got a reason to rejoice? Amen. God is on your side. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless you this morning. We know this is Christmas Day and we want to be mindful of your schedules and your appointments. But I do want to say if you're interested in developing a closer walk with God, if you just will linger around this altar, we have staff and ministry that will stay and pray with you and give you instructions on how you can begin this spiritual journey. I believe God's got a plan. He's got a calling and a destiny for every person's life in this building. You believe that? Why don't you hug your brother and sister and tell them you love them. God bless you. We love you. Merry Christmas. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.